On the last day, the climax of the holidays, Jesus shouted to the crowds, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. All right? That's where we're going to start today. I just wanted to give you a scripture to, to kind of pull you in to tell you where we're at. We're, I'm going to announce my title here about partway through. So we'll go on. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 3, this is the amplified version. It says, By faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed. They were fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty nice. By the word of God. So that we are, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Hey, if you was here, it, how, who was here last week and enjoyed the, Brother Rob's sermon? I'm not going to offer CDs because they'll probably want more of yours than they ever wanted of mine. I got to keep a little bit of my pride, Rob. I got, you know. No, you did an excellent job, Brother Rob. Awesome. We got some good youth pastors. Amen. So we understand that by the word of God, the worlds were put in their order and they were equipped for their intended purpose. Let me stop and say this. If God put the worlds together to be in their intended purpose and in order, and he equipped them to do all of that, guess what? He will equip each and every one of us as believers to do what he's called us to do. He's not going to send you into the battle without any weaponry. He's not going to send you with weaponry without any ammunition. So if the devil says he's got you this time, you know what the devil's doing. That's right, he's lying. So the devil is lying to you when he says that he's got you this time because he doesn't have, have you. He's not going to get you. He can only have, he doesn't, Kevin told me something last night. The devil does not have us. He only has our desires. Right? Is that how it went, Kevin? Did I hear you right? So the devil doesn't have me, he can only affect my desires, and that's only if I let him. See, because if he throws a bad desire at me, I have the choice to let it grow and go or kick it out and say, I don't think so. Not today, Satan. Not today. So there we go. And let me say this too. If you think that I rode to church with you in your car, as I'm preaching and you're like, how did he know that about me? How did he know that? It's not me. It's just God. Because I don't know some of you in here. Okay? I'm just giving, that's just a disclaimer. So I'm not in your business. I'm not some kind of freak. Well, maybe I am a freak. So God is going to give you the, the ammunition and the equipment that you need to fulfill the destiny that he's called you to do. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists 
and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. If you seek after God, you will find God. If you don't look for God, you're probably not going to find God. How many of us in this church have had that moment that when we were in darkness, we said, God, if there is really a you there somewhere, send somebody to help me. And guess what? A knock came on the door, or the phone rang, or the text came through. Some of you know what I'm talking about today. Because there really is a God, there really is a heaven, there really is a hell, there really is a devil, there really are angels. It's all true. Now in this society that we live in and this secular humanism and this worldview that's rampant in the world, we have a, and hold to a biblical worldview in here. We believe that Adam and Eve sinned and they fell in the garden. We believe God created it all, but we also believe that there was redemption. And so we are on the other side of redemption today. Amen. I'm glad I'm on this side of redemption today. I'm pretty happy here. And if this is a dream, don't you dare wake me up. You know those dreams that you're having? And right before the best part of the dream, the alarm clock goes off. Oh. Don't wake me up. I'm enjoying this. This is good. I'm happy here. So if you look for God, you'll find him. Whatever you need from the Lord, you'll find him. This reminds me, this reminds me of a time when uh, a few years ago, we were at a church in St. Louis called the Dream Center, and it is funded by Joyce Meyer Ministries, and we went there for several months, almost a year or so, at one point in our lives in ministry. We needed some healing, and we actually found healing there. It was amazing. We went to an inner city church, and there was probably 800 to 1,000 people there. They had two services, and we, we found healing that we needed there, and they were having a ministry on Thanksgiving they were passing out turkey dinners to people, and they went to this one house, and the associate pastor was knocking on the door, and nobody came, and he was kept knocking on the door, and nobody came, and he kept knocking until finally a woman opens the door, and she opens the door, and she sees who it is, and she screams, ah! and she slammed the door. Now the preacher's there holding a the turkey. He's holding a basket full of food. He's wanting to give it to her. So he knocks on the door again. And he knocks on the door again. You didn't know a microphone could have so many sound effects, did you? Finally the door slowly opens up and the woman has tears streaming down her face. And she says, I am so sorry. And they told her that we're from the Dream Center. We wanted to give you this dinner for the holidays. We know it's, life's tough and it's a struggle sometimes. And she's sitting there crying. And she brings them inside. And she says, I want to tell you what happened. She said, I was laying on my bed with a loaded pistol in my mouth. And she said, I decided to say one more prayer. That God, if you really exist, send somebody to help me. And she said, you knocked on my door. Guess what? 
There are people in this room today that have went through the same encounters and went through the same pressure and the same situation. There may be somebody that's in here today that has done that recently. I'm telling you, if you look for God, you will find him. If you call out, you will get some help. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm glad I serve a God who is willing to help me in my time of need. Is anybody else happy about that in here? Amen. So the creation was a splendid, glorious thing. Creation was absolutely awesome. God spoke and it appeared. Remember, the two most powerful things in the universe are what? Thoughts and words. Right? God thought it and then he spoke it. What do we do? We think it, then we speak it. Why? Because we are created in the image of God. So we're just like this. So creation was a splendid and glorious thing. The Garden of Eden was beautiful. It was perfect. Everything was wonderful. Until Genesis chapter 3 came along. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said, Oh, honey, you shall not surely die. Honey. And you remember that song you used to sing? Honey, honey. Honey, won't you open that door? Yeah. That's what the devil said. Honey, honey, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be open and you shall be as gods. You'll know good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, food, fruit, And it was pleasant to the eye, the tree to be desired to make one wise, that she took the fruit thereof. Now, it doesn't say it was an apple. So don't lay that on the apple. Don't blame the apple. I like gala apples. Okay? You know why I like galas? Those babies are sweet. Got to have sweet. Amen? Took the fruit, and they ate, and gave also to her husband, and he ate. He was so powerful too, wasn't he? Yes. He was the man of the garden. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So they did what they were not supposed to do. And then once they realized that we're in a jam, oh my goodness, or today it would be OMG, right? Oh my goodness, we are naked. So they tried to take leaves and sew them together. Do you know what leaves do when they dry up? They don't cover the same volume that they used to. All right? They curled up. So guess what? Our, our solutions to our problems are not going to fix it. We've got to have a better solution. We've got to have a, a higher solution. We have to have a solution that does not involve our thinking because we think that if we do this and this and this and everything will be all right. Have you ever been in a situation where you tried to be friends with somebody or somebody you offended or whatever, and you thought, if I do this, this, and this, they'll like me again? Must have just been me. And you do it, and they still don't like you. 
You give them the key to your house and they still don't like you. You give them the key to the Mercedes and they still don't like you. You give them everything you got and they still don't like you. You know why? Because God has to heal relationships and God has to heal situations at times. So when we try to do something on our own, it's not going to work the way that it should. So God decides that he's got to take care of it. But look what happens here. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Guys, gals, ladies and gentlemen, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, when we have wrong in our hearts, we hide from God. That's why people don't want to come to church because they feel like suckers and leeches and bottom feeders because they've been lived like the devil all week long and they think that they're going to come to church and it's going to be one nice service and everything's going to be beautiful and I'm just going to love Jesus. How can you love Jesus when you got all that dirt in your life? You have to have a cleansing. You have to have a resolution. You have to have a situation that, that takes away the condemnation in our hearts and in our lives. I'm thankful that I'm in a church that the power of the Lord works in our lives. And then when I do come in and I got something wrong, the Lord says, you need to go fix that. You need to go fix that. You know, we're not just going to do sloppy and goppy here. The only thing sloppy should be Joe's. Well, we're less than one hour from lunchtime. Just remember the pastor's thing about lunch. We're no, we don't want to turn the grace of God into the grease of God. I'm not going to have four girlfriends this week and then come in here and preach to you next Sunday and say, Hey, praise the Lord. Raise up holy hands to God. Ain't no holy hands on that. That's called fornication and it's called adultery. And you see, when we get that kind of stuff in our lives, we want to hide from the presence of God. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to hide. He wants you to get away from. He wants you to get back from everybody else. Listen, when you're in trouble and you got dirt in your life, don't stay out there. Get back in here and get a good Holy Ghost washing in your life. Amen? There's a situation that went down in my life, and my ministry, and I tried to reach out to this couple. Let me tell you something. There was the big A hanging over the house. That didn't stand for roll tide. Crimson tide. That didn't stand for the Atlanta Braves or the Oakland A's. It's adultery. I'm trying to work with them. I'm trying to text. I'm trying to talk to them. They won't answer my call. I leave messages. They won't return my call. Then I find out I didn't do enough. Well, if we're going to play a game, I hit the ball to you, at least catch it and throw it back. Otherwise, have you ever tried to play baseball by yourself? You ever tried to play something by yourself? Listen, I grew up by myself on a farm. You know who hit me balls? The barn roof did. 
I'd throw the ball up on the barn roof, and then I'd wait for it to come down and try to catch it. If I threw it too hard, it went clear over the barn into the other pasture. Then I had to go get it. So it ain't no fun playing by yourself. And so people are saying, well, you didn't do enough. Well, my Lord, if you don't answer my call, if you won't return my message, what are you wanting me to do? You just want me to come over there and eat supper with you? I guess that's what I should have done. But people hide. We, we hide. All of us do. When we do wrong, we hide. Do not hide from the presence of God. Get in the presence of God. Get in the family of God. Stay with the people of God. Right here is your strength. Right here is your support system. Right here is where you're supposed to be. Punch your neighbor and say, do you hear what he's saying? Yes. Yes. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Punch easy, Rob. I know you've been wanting to all week, but it's all right. We hide from God's presence. And the absence of God in our worlds and in our lives has left it a mess. This world is a mess. Our lives are a mess. I meet smart alecks. Ninkin poops. You ever heard of those? Can't really go into what all's flying through my mules and donkeys in my life. Well, if there's a God, why does he let children starve to death? Because we're in a broken world system. We are in a broken system. If there is no, if it's cold in here, it's because there is an absence of heat. At night, if your house is dark, it's because there is an absence of light. So in this world where bad things happen, there is an absence of good and God. And so that's why we have famines. That's why we have wars and loss of life. Every day, there's just about a killing, a bombing, or a shooting now. Are you seeing what's going on in the news? This thing's coming down. You better get your business straight with God. Whether you believe it or not, Jesus is coming back, and I want to be ready to meet him. Amen? As much as I like being here with you, I want to go with him. Because if he goes and me and you are still left, we're going to be miserable. We're going to be in trouble. That's why there's terrorism. That's why that you, when you go to the airport now, you've got to go through three hours of getting groped, getting your picture taken. That day right there changed the whole world. Actually, that day right there opened up another prophetic era that we're living in today. And just this past week in Dallas, I'm telling you, there's hatred on the streets. There's hatred in homes. Life doesn't mean anything anymore because we're living in a fallen world. Because we are living in a messed up world. But Ezekiel 36, somebody say Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36 says, the living Bible, for I will bring you back home again to the land of Israel. Then it will be as though I had sprinkled clean water on you, for you will be clean. Your filthiness will be washed away. Your idol worship gone. And I will give you a new heart. Ho oh, ho! I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new and right desires. 
and put a new spirit within you. I will take your, out your stony hearts of sin and give you new hearts of love. And I will put my spirit within you so that you will obey my laws and do whatever I command. I like the part up here. I will give you new and right desires. Listen, my life is not boring. My life has not been boring for 35 years. I have had a good life. You can tell. Look at this. You can tell it's been good. But I have lived a good life. I have traveled. I have been around the world, all directions. It's been good. I have preached. I have preached to as little as six, and I have preached to thousands. It's been awesome. Good life. Much better than the one that I would have had prior if I had continued the way I was the first 15 years of my life. Guess what? So I like those right desires that he's put in my heart. This is my desire, the house of the Lord. Well, this is your job. This is, no, no, if I wasn't in this working here, if I wasn't getting paid here, if I wasn't doing anything here, this would still my, be my house. I'm like David. I just want to be a doorman in the house of the Lord. All oh, that I could dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You know why? Because he did something in my life that nobody else could do. He got a hold of me. He put joy in my heart. He put peace in my mind hallelujah and I live free from condemnation anybody else experience that touch today oh can I get a witness in this house yes I like that new heart when Jesus came in our lives we all had heart surgery man he took all that cussing out of us and put praising in us thank God he took all the fighting out of us and put peace in us, peacemakers. Now, once in a while, it pops up, so that's an indicator. That's your gauge telling you, hey, whoop, you better add some Holy Ghost coolant. Might check a hose, might have had a busted hose somewhere. Yeah? He put, hopefully, he took all that drama out. We're still working on drama. Some of us have a Ph.D. in drama, but I ain't going there on that one today. Yeah? I put, he put that spirit in there. He made us a happy heart. Amen. I'm happy here. I'm happy. I like happy. Happy, happy, happy. Amen? Hey, is this the best place to be right now on Sunday morning in Vandalia, Illinois? If you're not at this church right now and you're watching on the internet, I'm so sorry you're not here feeling what we're feeling. I'm so sorry you're not here to get a hold of this thing. But this is the real thing today. Yeah! Look at the guns on that heart. He's a happy heart. Brother Joe, that's what you're getting tomorrow, a happy heart like that. Yeah! Yeah! Isaiah 61, 3. Man, Isaiah 61, the whole chapter is crazy. Wicked awesome. All right? That's what they say in Boston. Wicked awesome. He said, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. Oh. 
In their righteousness they will be like great oaks of the Lord that the Lord has planted for His own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Foreigners will be your servants. Watch this, watch this. Watch me, watch me, watch me. Rod Parsley, watch me. Foreigners will be your servants. They will feed your flocks and plow your fields and tend your vineyards. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. Look what's coming down the road. Look what's coming. No wonder the devil wants to sidetrack you. No wonder the devil wants to get you out of church. No wonder the devil's lying to you. He don't want you in this. But let me tell you something. Those of you who have been living in shame all of these years from being violated, molested, you've lived in shame. It's all been your fault and you've got that victim mentality. Let me tell you what God's going to do. He's going to give you a double share of honor. He said, I'm going to give you honor not only in this life, but I'm going to take care of all you went through before. Hallelujah. And he's going to give you a double portion of prosperity. Hallelujah. I'm ready to walk in the portion of prosperity and in the double portion of the honor of the Lord. Is anybody else in the house ready for some of that hallelujah now I ain't even started preaching yet how are we going to get there how are we going to get to that wasn't it Sam Hill how are we going to get there Sam Hill my great grandfather and lo the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. Charlie Brown, every time I read this scripture, I think of Charlie Brown. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So God created it. Man messed it up. And now God's coming back in flesh to redeem us. Hallelujah. Now, there's a saying, you know, wise men still seek him. I love that. I love that. Sometimes some bumper stickers say that. Wise men still seek him. Dumb men don't. Amen. That's what they ought to put on the last part of that. Peter said, 1 Peter 1.18, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers. Guess what? we got to watch this thing right here we got to watch the traditions that have been put in us that don't go with the Word of God. Well, is this sound system on? I ran sound last week, and it was on the whole time for Rob. Amen. Clark, is it on? we got to watch traditions that will hold us back from moving into what God has for us. Like I said, this congregation is very unique. This, this congregation is made up of X everything. Everything, X, X, everything, XM, everything. But with the precious blood of Christ, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know what? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Oh, Lord. There is power, power, wonder-working power. In the blood, 
of the Lamb. There is power, power. Yes. All you young folks, that's from us old people from back in the day. For it reaches to the highest and it flows. Oh, it's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. Woo! Hallelujah. Blood of Jesus. Oh, I went to a church and they were preaching about blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Leviticus 17, 11 says death or life is in the blood. Guess what? We drain all your blood, you're dead. Scient scientific fact. Not only did you go to a church that talked about blood, but you went to a church that talked about science. Hallelujah. And sometimes we can even walk, chew gum, and write our name all at the same time. Because we got it together. Look at your neighbor and say, you got it together. John 7, 37, on the last day of the climax, remember this one, of the holidays, Jesus shouted to the crowds, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For the scriptures declare that rivers, everybody say rivers. Yeah. Say it again, rivers. Yeah. Hallelujah. Of living water shall flow from the innermost, inmost being of anyone who believes me. Isn't that nice? Rivers. Rivers. I, the King James calls it living waters. That translates into flash floods. Flash floods come unexpected. Flash floods come fast. And they move fast. Amen. You know what? God ain't going to mess around. When he gets ready to work in your life, if you'll let him, he will make things happen fast in your life. Somebody said, Pastor, I'm going to have to leave here and go somewhere else. But I, I can't find a job. I can't do this. I don't have a church to go to. Then guess what? That's not God moving you. Because I know when God moves you, God puts everything in line before you get there. Oh, well, shoot. He's meddling now. Amen. Hallelujah. Good. Somebody say good. Yeah. Rivers of living water. He was speaking of the Holy Spirit. Woo! Who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet returned to his glory in heaven. Whoa. Look at that. You see that picture? What does that have to do? So who put that in there? What does a picture of Bush Stadium have to do with this sermon? Did you mess with my notes, Michael? Let me tell you about Bush Stadium. A few weeks ago, you know they have promotions. They give away bobbleheads. By the way, any of you have a Trevor Rosenthal bobblehead, you just keep it. Nobody wants it. Amen. All right. If you're a cardinal follower, you know what I'm talking about. I want O. Amen. When O, you don't like O, bro? Man, O, the final boss. All right. So anyhow, they give the, the World Series rings away, right? So my brother-in-law collects them for him and his two sons. But in order to get them, you got to go. So my brother-in-law 
contacts me and Amy. So we go and we get the rings. And on the way down, I know that he's collecting for his sons. And I'm like, oh, Uncle Joe, can we open these up and try them? Now he said, you know, these are not for you. I said, are you kidding me? I thought I was going to get to keep the ring. He was real serious, so I just gave him a hard time. All right, so we're sitting in there, section 168, right by the left field foul pole. And you know, you got vendors, right? Now, you have good vendors and you have bad vendors. About 20 years ago, we went to Disney on Ice down at the Scott Trade Center. It was a Keel Auditorium at that time. And we actually got there early. I don't know how we did it. Our lives must have been messed up, but we were there before the show even started. Usually we're running in after the show starts. We miss the first pitches usually at ball games. All right, so we're on one side of Scott Trade, and there is a vendor that comes out, and there's probably 100 people in the whole place. And he's a big old tall black guy, and he says, Anybody want a sody? Now, I've remembered him for 20 years because he's good. All right, this is what our beer vendor in our section said. Now, we didn't drink the beer. It was just for our section, all right? Anybody thinking about drinking? So we're sitting there in our seats, and from behind us we hear, anybody thinking about drinking? And I said to Amy, you hear that? That's good. That's good. Here's the next one. Cold, 33 degrees. Too cold to hold. Colder than your mother-in-law. Anybody thinking about drinking? So today my sermon title to this congregation is Anybody Here Thinking About Drinking? I want to know, is anybody thinking about drinking? Cold, 33 degrees. Too cold to hold. Colder than your mother-in-law. And I watched and people, $8.75, man. We could do that for a fundraiser if it wasn't against what we're trying to teach preacher out here. <laughs> for a, a bottle, eight seventy-five. That's got to be good. And people just hand him a ten, say, oh, "Keep it." He say, "Feel the love." So when they tipped him, feel the love. So he knuckle bump and feeling the love. Anybody thinking about drinking? Simon Peter did. Acts chapter two, verse fourteen. Amy, get ready for some Holy Ghost music. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you, and hearken to my words. Listen to what I'm telling you all. For these are not drunk as you think they are. See, it is only nine o'clock in the morning. My dad was an alcoholic, but he wasn't drunk at nine. He started drinking at five when he got up to study his hands so he'd go milk the cows. That's when beer was in flats. 48 cans, or 24 cans. My dad could drink 24 to 48 a day. Didn't have to be cold, 33 degrees. It could be barn temperature. It's in the oats bin. Go get me a beer, Tracy. Where's it at this time? It's in the oats bin. All right. Didn't matter. You could tell he was an alcoholic because that's what it was. Any time, any place, any day. Iron City, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Woo, red, white, and blue. Rot gut. I said, Dad, why don't you drink some... You know, if you're going to drink beer, why don't you drink Budweiser? Too expensive. Amen. 
Peter says, they're not drunk like you think they are. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Something's going on. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Let me tell you something. God created the heavens and the earth. Adam and Eve sold it out to the devil. And then we have sickness and disease and war and hatred and terrorism and crime and all of this business. Why? Because there is an absence of God in the world. But God wrapped himself in flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. And he died for our sins. And he shed his blood for us. Hallelujah. And then he went back into heaven. Now watch what happens here. He went back into heaven and 10 days later he flies down with his spirit into the upper room and it fills all of the people in the upper room. And they were coming out of there looking like drunk men. Now, who told you church was supposed to be dead? I know none of you have ever been to a bar. Not one of you. Especially you, Vernie. I don't know why you amen so loud real fast. <laughs> I've been around drunk people. You got different kinds of drunks. You got crying drunks. You got happy drunks. You got mean fighting drunks. Am I saying it right? Is, am I, is this true? Man, the pastor knows what drunks are. Lord knows I lived with them long enough. So we got fighting drunks, we got happy drunks, we got crying drunks. And there's one more a loving drunk. Loves everybody. I mean, see, Dad really wasn't like that. We didn't see the loving. Brother, we knew when he, and listen, you can drink beer and, and you get drunk, but you drink whiskey, there's a reason they call it spirits. When my dad drank whiskey, as soon as he walked in the door, he wanted to fight with everybody, including the dog. Everybody. But a bar's not quiet. Bars are loud. I've been in St. Louis. I've been down at the landing on a Saturday night and was at the spaghetti factory eating. And when I came out of the spaghetti factory, I had to walk up the hill to get my car out of the parking lot there at the Hampton. And you know what? There's a nightclub right there. And you know what they were singing in there? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. And they were all just drunk and worshiping. Why are you laughing? You know they weren't doing that. Brother, I mean, it was twerking and working and grinding. It was boom, 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 boom. I mean, windows were shaking. Probably you down there, Megan. Now I know where he was. You know why? Because the drunks were there. Peter was saying, these, obviously in the upper room, they were acting like drunk men because they were looking to say, he said, these aren't drunk like you think they are. They're not on Budweiser. They're not, not on Seagram's. They're not on Wild Crow, Wild Turkey, Jack Daniels, Jim Bean, or even Captain Morgan. They're not on any of that. 
They're not on sky, blue goose, or nothing. But this is that. This is Holy Ghost. This is what Jesus has just sent into us. This is a power to change lives completely once and for all and forever. So is anybody thinking about drinking in here? Cornelius did. Say Cornelius did. Touch your neighbor and say, you thinking about drinking today? You thinking about drinking today? No. Well, I'm trying to get you to drink your good stuff. Cornelius did. What about Cornelius? Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, oh my God. Now I'm in a church, they talk in tongues. You can't order it from Amazon. Yes, I would like a six-pound package of Holy Ghost. Please send it to 2414 Whitler Lane. And I'm a prime member, so it's free shipping. It ain't coming like that. It's coming when you seek him. Because if you look for him, you will find him. If you look for him, you will find him. If you're looking for answers, you've tried drugs. You didn't find the answer. You're looking for answers in alcohol. You didn't find the answer. You've been married 32 times. Guess what? You still didn't find the answer with 32 women. Because Solomon had a thousand, and he'll tell you, nothing's new under the sun, all is vanity and vexation of the spirit. But a man that fears God, right? A man that fears God, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. Why? Because our own understanding will not get the answer that you need. You've got to have Jesus in your life. You've got to have the power of Jesus' spirit in your life to answer those questions that you're looking for. And so Peter goes to Cornelius' house and the Holy Ghost falls and they spoke in tongues. I ain't never going to a church that speaks in tongues. Guess what? Enjoy the problems the rest of your life because until you submit and surrender, that may be the only thing that ever gets you out of this. But let me tell you something else. If you've got the Holy Ghost inside... Death cannot stop you because that has a resurrection clause. There is a resurrection clause in it. Oh, Lord. Wow. Wow. While Peter had spake these words, let's get off it. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Oh, Peter, would you stay with us a while? We'll have pizza and tacos. But stay with us. We want you to tell you some more. Why? Because Peter brought some drinking to Cornelius' house. Peter brought some drinking from the Pentecostal upper room on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. I'm talking about an experience that will take you from here to the other side. I'm talking about an experience that will change your life forever. It'll take the frown off your face and put a big happy smile in there. It'll take the depression out of your mind and your heart and it'll put rejoicing and gladness and say, Lord, I thank you I thank you, I thank you. So I got to ask you this question today. Anybody thinking about drinking? Cold, 33 degrees. Too cold to hold. 
colder than your mother-in-law. Anybody thinking about drinking? Up and down the steps he go. Anybody thinking about drinking? Now, our section must have been a family section because not too many went to our section. But I'm going to tell you, the next section over, they were drunks. They were unloading over there. They were thinking about drinking. Did you ever come to church and think about drinking? Was you down that nightclub? All right, praise God. Do you know which one I'm talking about, though? Uh Uh-huh. I thought you would. I thought you would. The Ephesians wanted to drink a little bit. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, I believe in God. I love God. God's great. God's in my life. I don't ever come over to this section. I'm sorry. I'm going to come over here more often, see you guys. Well, I go to church. I'm a believer. That's not what Paul asked. He said, have you got the power? Have you been drinking? Hey, have you been drinking? We're believers, but have you been drinking? Well, we're believers. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? We don't even know that there be any Holy Ghost. What's this Holy Ghost business? Somebody said the Gully Ghost. What's the Gully Ghost business? He said, how were you baptized? They said, John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with repentance, saying you should believe on him that is to come. That is Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. My, my, my. Somebody got a drink that day. Somebody got a drink that day. Now, you know what? You say, man, I ain't never been in the church like this. Ain't that something, Danny? That's something. You been drinking lately? Amen. Today. Did you drink through the week? Yes? I've seen you come in here on Monday nights and walk around drinking. I don't have to worry about you getting any stains on the carpet. Because there ain't nothing coming out of your cup. Because your cup's inside and it's full and running over. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice if all of us could just have a smile on our face and not have to worry? We just trust the Lord to take care of everything. We, don't, we can't fix it ourselves, so we just let the Lord do it. Oh, I wouldn't want to be a Christian. Christians are boring. I wouldn't want to have to go to church all the time. No, you might get to come to church all the time. Amen. I'm talking about drinking around here. I'm talking about, is anybody thinking about drinking in this room today? Are you thinking about drinking? Are you thinking about getting a hold of something that you ain't never got a hold of before, possibly, in your life? It is the greatest thing you'll ever have in your life. Jesus inside. So is anybody thinking about drinking? That's the question. Let's all stand. So what about today? What about you? What about me? Listen, you can't fix me. I'm too late. I've done been in this too long. I'm tainted. Actually, I'm addicted. I'm addicted to the ministry of the saints. Paul talked about that in Thessalonians being addicted to the ministry. You see, we're just addicts. We just change fixes. We just went from one tap to the other. We went from the Budweiser tap to the Holy Ghost tap.
<laughs> yeah. We used to fight with our wives and spouses and husbands, but we don't fight with them anymore because we're drinking again. We're drinking Holy Ghost outpour in our lives. Amen. Amen. We used to hate church. Now we love church. Why do you go to church 17 times a week? It's good. It's like getting drunk all over again. You got to get that fix. That's what Rob was talking about the other night. Got to get that fix. When I'm up here, when I'm back there, when I'm praying for somebody that they want the Holy Ghost come in their life, they're thinking about drinking. And I'm standing there and I'm just saying, open up your mouth. Because I got this big 55-gallon drum. And I say, open up your mouth and put that pipe in there and just say, start drinking, honey. Just start drinking. And when I see a life that starts being reborn and I see tears flow, I see smiles break out on faces, I see freedom coming to people, I get it all over again. I get it all over again. Jesus is the best thing that has ever, 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 ever happened to me. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you that. I don't know if you believe that for yourself, but he is the best thing. Well, pastor, you know, I never heard this, but in your church, I went to those other churches. They're dead. I'm sorry. If they ain't got no spirit moving around in there and there ain't no drinking going on. You can go to to the biggest cathedral you want in Illinois. You can go to the biggest cathedral you want in the world. And if Jesus is not there in the power and the form of the Holy Ghost, there's nothing there. It's just a routine. It's just man-made theology. It's just we're trying to do this. It's just a routine. Amen. It's just halo churches, halos around everybody's heads in the stained glass windows. Amen. Let, Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. I am living and serving a living God. I am serving a God who lives in my heart. He talks to me every day. Hallelujah. Every day. Every day. Oh, these people are crazy. Why did we come to this church? These guys are probably saying, Michael, what did you get us into? Hang on. The electrodes are getting ready to drop down out of the ceiling, and we're going to tap. Now we're going to. It's all right. All right, Joey. Joey and Becky, right? I was introduced to them by Bentley. (coughs) Pastor, this is Joey and Becky. Thank you, Bentley. I said, thank you. Who are you? I'm Bentley. I said, okay. Let me say this. You can come from anything else into this. All right? Some of you, the house, the, the house people know what I'm fixing to say. You can come from whatever you are, whatever your grandmother was. You don't even go to church and you claim you go to church because your great-grandma did. And the last time you was in church for a funeral and it hurt you so bad you was half drunk before you got to the funeral. 
because you had to ease and numb the pain because you didn't have the peace speaker inside. You didn't have the comforter inside. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting a drink today of the peace speaker and the comforter. I'm talking about getting Jesus in your life forever and ever and ever because once he gets in, he will never ever leave you. He said, I am now with you, but I shall be in you. Hallelujah. But now listen, quiet down, church, quiet down. You can come from whatever is out there into this. You can. But you cannot leave here and go back out there and never be the same again. Never, ever, ever, ever. Acts chapter 2, verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and the other apostles, Brethren, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins. Turn to God. Be baptized in the name of the Lord of Jesus Christ to show that you have received forgiveness for your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, that's just about as, that is not even fine print. That's print that you can see, right? For, the, for this, pro, this promise is to you. Anybody here can be a Holy Ghost alcoholic. Anybody thinking about drinking? Cold, 33 degrees. Too cold to hold. Colder than your mother-in-law. Anybody thinking about drinking? The promise is to you, to your children, and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. See what I'm telling you? I ain't even started yet. Because the longer Peter preached, the more got into it. Strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. This world is coming to an end, friends. Let me tell you, they're already talking about getting rid of the $150 denominations, U.S. dollars. Why? Because they're saying, guess what? Criminals won't be able to smuggle money then as easy if they have hundreds and fifties. That is just a setup. They're going to digitize the money. There will be no more cash. You will have to take a mark. You will have to get a chip. You will not be able to buy or sell. Have you ever went to the gas station and slid in your credit card and you couldn't get it to work? Guess what? It's going to be that way, but nobody can help you at customer service because you do not have the mark. That is the generation that we're coming down to. We are coming down to the coming of the Lord. So now, just like Peter did 2,000 years ago, it's time to get our business straight with God. It's time to start drinking some of that Holy Ghost wine that Joe talked about. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. Small church that day. About 3,000. And that church grew. That church grew to between 85 and 100,000 people. Can you imagine going to a church of 85,000? They didn't have buildings big enough to hold. They were outside. They were in groves. They were by walnut trees and olive trees. They were everywhere. So i got to ask you today, anybody thinking about drinking? Every head bowed and every eye closed.
No. I'm asking you something today. Are you thinking about drinking? Are you thinking about it? Well, pastor, I don't know what to do. Peter said it. Turn to God. Repent of your sins today. Ask God to forgive you of your sins and stop sinning. No longer we go. We're not going to fight no more. We're not going to have drama no more. We're changing this and we're changing that. Then he said, get baptized. And he said, you'll get the Holy Ghost. Anybody thinking about drinking? Amen. If you're, if you're a drinker in this house, uh, that Holy Ghost and heavenly new wine, give the Lord a praise right now. Give him a praise right now. I tell you, what is this? Give him some praise. Hey, this front area is open. This front area is open. Come on, come on up and worship. Come on, everybody just come on up and worship. Come on, all you drinkers. All you drinkers. 